This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to Episode 56 of the Catholic Foodie, Kids in the Kitchen. Well, welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I am Jeff Young, your host, and I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, What do we have on the menu today? Well, we are going to talk about kids in the kitchen. That's right. Uh, You know, families eating together is is a very important thing. And it really does build up those relationships. It builds up family. It strengthens family. Uh, And you hear me talk about that quite a bit on the show here, uh, eating together, eating dinner together. But there's someone that I will uh, bring on the show today who also advocates families cooking together. And I can learn more about that myself. So I'm glad that she's going to be here with us on The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, we do have Rebecca Linda Mood on the show today. I'm going to share uh, that interview with her. I interviewed her last night, actually, and I will share that with you a little bit later in the show. In addition to uh, the interview, I also have some blog posts to share with you, uh, that blog post, that weekly blog post recap that I talked about last week. I also have some other stuff. What do I have? Oh, we have feedback. We've got lots of good feedback. I can't wait to share that with you, too. And man, this is exciting. I can't believe it. This is, is going to be a great episode, even though my wife, right, my favorite and your favorite, uh, Char, is not able to join us today. Uh, I was, I was uh, kind of upset about that. Uh, we thought that she was going to be here. Actually, we've been planning this the last few days, talking about the, uh, the episode and what we're going to talk about on the episode uh, but just the schedules, you know, time, schedules, life got in the way, and she has to go run out and pick up our children in about uh, two minutes. <laughs> so uh, she will not be here. Anyway, uh, we're going to make the best of it, and the, the feedback is going to help, so I'm very excited. And matter of fact, since we're talking about feedback, why don't we go ahead and start with some voice feedback that we got. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of the can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Jeff, this is Allison from the Catholic Family, and I wanted to call and tell you about one of our experiences in the kitchen with our children. About four years ago, David started making waffles and bacon every Saturday morning. Well, after, you know, two or three weeks of this, the kids started joining him in the kitchen, and he always starts out with two questions. How many ingredients, and what are they? Well, after four years of doing this with the kids, they know exactly what is needed to make a homemade waffle. We use the recipe where you whip up the egg whites until they you make four, uh, have stiff peaks, and that makes the waffles nice and fluffy. Uh, David even got for Christmas one year a dish towel that's monogrammed with Daddy's Waffle Helper. <laughs> and uh, I think the key to doing this is that he's very consistent. He's in the kitchen every Saturday morning, and the kids know this, and they like having this routine, and, and that it's Daddy cooking and not me. They see me 24-7, but every morning Dad has to leave the house to go to work. So that Saturday morning is a special time that they get to spend with him. 
Well, it's a tradition now in the Catholic family house, and well, then I hope our children will carry on when they're grown and married and have children of their own. Uh, thanks for the Catholic Foodie Show. You make me very hungry. Now, if we could only figure out how to get the smell to come out of the iPod, that would be awesome. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Oh, I have often wondered that myself. You know, when you're in the kitchen, you're cooking, and the food just smells so good. And you're like, goodness, how can I share this with somebody else? How can I share this with people who aren't here? I've got friends. I want them to smell this wonderful, beautiful thing and just can't quite do that. So if we could have that somehow come out of the iPod like a scratch and sniff kind of thing. Remember that from from grade school, those little stickers, those scratch and sniff stickers? Boy, that would be cool. Uh, and yes, uh, folks, if you did not uh, realize this, it, it, that was Allison Sweeney from the Catholic Family Podcast. And I was so uh, honored, Allison, that you, you called up and left some feedback for me. And I have to tell you, those pancakes, I mean, those waffles sound great, sound awesome. Uh, I, I, I wish that I, could, uh, that I could have some. Perhaps we can uh, rope your, your wonderful husband into making those at, uh, at one of the CNMCs one year. How about that? You know, I've said this before, and I think it was, forgive me if I've, I've got this detail wrong, but I think it was, was it Barb? I don't know if it was Barb in Nebraska. Someone had recommended doing a, uh, or maybe Sean, doing a cook-off at the CNMC. I don't get to make any of those kind of decisions, but I think it's a great idea. I love to cook, so maybe we can get David in there to do the same, to do the same thing. Uh, and you bring up some excellent points about families cooking together. I love the fact that uh, it's something that happens every week. You have that consistency there. The kids expect it. They know what it's like. And consistency is so important when you're talking about kids and kids growing up or raising kids, right? They know what to expect. And uh, to, to have that centered around food, and in particular around cooking, I think is a uh, – that, that's a strong thing. That is a, a, a an excellent um, – it's, it's an ex- excellent tradition to have, a family tradition, one that I would, I would wager your children may even carry on uh, with, with their own children one day. So uh, excellent, excellent feedback. Thank you so much, Allison. And we have some other feedback here. Let me see where I put this. Um, ah, a special, some special feedback here. I, and I'm sure you're going to know who this is. You're going to recognize the voice. She has called in before and left us some feedback. I'm so happy. Here is Sarah McGahee. Hello, Jeff. This is Sarah from the Catholic Roundup, and I have some feedback for you. I made my mom, well, my mom and dad, breakfast on the 28th, and I wanted to tell you how I made it. I called it Tent Nachos. I took regular corn chips. I sprinkled about, like, a lot of cheese. I have no idea how much, maybe 200 grams of cheese on on it. I then added some salsa. Put, please. Well, first I chopped up some garlic and put it on before I put on the salsa. Two cloves of garlic, and then I put one on top. Then I put purple cabbage all around it, which was all curled. And then I put it in the microwave for, like, two minutes. And it was yummy. And for dessert, I put sherbet in fancy bowls. And it was a very wonderful breakfast. It was tasty. Thank you, Sarah. There you go, Jeff, from the Catholic Roundup. Here's a little bit of cooking with kids. 
Awesome. That is great. And you know, feedback that we've just got, two, two uh, people who have called in talking about breakfast, breakfast food, and kids. Kids love breakfast for some reason. I did when I was a kid. You know, I loved bacon and eggs and cereal and, and all that good stuff. I have to admit, though, I'm terrible. I, I, I'm, you know, my wife tells me frequently, you know, how I need to start, you know, being a little more healthy. And I'm sure she is absolutely correct. But I don't eat breakfast unless you call chewing coffee uh, eating breakfast. Uh, I love my coffee. I have two cups every day, big cups. And, uh, and that, that pretty much covers it as far as breakfast goes for me. But my kids love it. And we have, you know, eggs, and, and uh, we don't do bacon as often, but uh, we all love it, which is probably why we don't do it often. <laughs> Too much bacon, you know, that's not, that can't be good for you. Uh, but you, you uh, we have the eggs. Um, our, my kids love, the girls particularly love um, oats, and, and they'll eat oats plain. Uh, they'll put, you know, some stuff on there, I don't know, cinnamon and, and maybe a little bit of sugar or something. They'll eat those oats, or they'll just eat the oats with, uh, with milk. Uh, they love that. Uh, every once in a while, we'll do French toast, something like this. But, but Sarah, the, the, the dish you just described, my kids would go crazy about this. Wow, to have that kind of a, a, of a dish for breakfast, that is awesome. They, ha- they haven't heard this yet, of course. Uh, they, they're at, at play practice, so they haven't heard your feedback. But when I play this episode for them, they're going to go cuckoo, and I'm sure – I'm going to get a grocery list that says, make sure, Dad, you go get this stuff because we've got to make this recipe. So, Sarah, thank you so much for calling in and, uh, and, and for inspiring my children, as I know that they will be. Uh, we have uh, a, a few more uh, pieces of feedback that we received. Uh, well, first of all, just a couple of shout-outs. First of all, let's see, uh, Pedro uh, Chavez in Mexico. Pedro Chavez, I want to thank you. Uh, you're uh, one of my newest Facebook friends. Uh, he contacted me. He's a listening. He's a listener now, the Catholic foodie. He's been listening to SQPN shows for about a year or so, and he, he just discovered the Catholic foodie not too long ago. He wrote me a very nice email, just explaining how he loves the show, and uh, and and you know, there's a lot of. I guess it kind of resonates with him. You know, food and 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 family and all that good stuff. So uh, we're now friends on Facebook. So Pedro, I just want to say hi and 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 thank you for. For contacting me and for friending me on uh, on Facebook, uh, another friend of mine, Denise uh, DiMartino Pesha. Uh, Denise, we go back way back in college, you know, college uh, days. And Denise wrote in, and what did she say? She said, uh, "Oh, uh, hi Jeff, I finally got around to listening to one of your Catholic Foodie episodes. I loved it. It was so charming to hear you and Char sharing and talking about your traditions and love of cooking." I have a love-hate relationship with food. <laughs> I love it, but it hates me. I think I just don't have the patience for cooking. All I want to do is eat. So <laughs> thank you, Denise, for writing in. I did respond to you on Facebook, and you know I love to eat, but I also love to cook. I just can't seem to, uh, to shake that. It's like an addiction. And let's see, who else wrote in? Oh, I did post that curry chicken and coconut soup that I had tweeted about and Facebooked about the other day. That is now on the website at catholicfoodie.com. And Sarah, uh, not Sarah, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of, of Sarah who just called in, but Sonia uh, McGarity, she wrote in and just talked about how how good that looked and that she can't wait to try it. She's going to make it and let me know how it is. So, Sonia, please do so. I can't wait. I always want to know what's going on in your kitchen 
And if you ever try the recipes that I share, please let me know how that turns out. I want to know. So you can always call me at uh, 985-635-4974. That's the voice feedback line, 985-635-4974. Or you can write me at uh, catholicfoodie at gmail.com. And if you're on Facebook, we do have a Facebook fan page over there. You can just look for The Catholic Foodie. Uh, And also, I have a personal page over there as well. So feel free to look me up. And let's see, what else? Oh, Twitter, at Catholic Foodie. That is the call sign, the Catholic Foodie call sign there on Twitter. And uh, I oftentimes will tweet about the topics that are coming up on the next show and ask if you have any stories because I want to hear from you. So uh, if you're not following me on Twitter or not friends on Facebook, let's get together. Let's connect so that you know what's coming up in, in the future episodes and uh, you can you can give me your thoughts and your ideas, your suggestions uh, for uh, for upcoming shows. And let's see, I have another one here from a good friend of ours, Deacon Tom Fox. Uh, Deacon Tom and D Fox, they have the Catholic Vitamins podcast at catholicvitamins.com. And uh, Deacon Tom, you may know him also from Catholic Moments podcast. He has the Deacon Moment there on Lisa Hendy's uh, show, uh, Catholic Moments podcast. And uh, he wrote in, he didn't write about a child, he wrote, he wrote something a little bit different. I, f- I found this to be quite quite amusing. He says, um, how about a dog in the kitchen story? <laughs> Years ago when I was a child, we had a cocker spaniel dog and we had a large portion of scrambled eggs and ham left over from a church breakfast function. We gave the dog a big plate. And she ate until she was full. Uh, Still some left over, though. And because there was a cat around, the dog carefully lifted up the corners of a scatter rug that the leftovers were on, and the dog covered up the leftovers. No lie. It was so humorous and so educational to watch. Dogs can be very smart. (laughs) Blessings, the deke. Well, Deke, thank you so much for writing in. I, I tell you, that's uh, I, I have two dogs here at the house. Sometimes you can hear them barking in the background. Well, you hear the youngest one, Ginger, barking in the background. And once Char leaves the house, which is what she just did, I'm sure that we'll, uh, Ginger will make her presence known. Uh, love dogs. Dogs are very smart. Sometimes they're too smart. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that, that is funny that that dog is going to save the leftovers, going to cover it up with a rug. Very cool. Well, that's it for feedback today, and we're going to move on now to talk about, uh, well, let's see, should we get into the interview now? Why not? Let's talk about our interview. I'm going to introduce to you Rebecca uh, Lindemood, and I'm going to bring her on in just a second. I did record this interview last night, so uh, any references I make to people in the chat room or uh, whatever, just keep in mind that that was uh, last night. But I really think you're going to enjoy this. I, I've, I am so happy that uh, Rebecca and I have connected, and I think that you are going to really enjoy it and be very happy that you know of Rebecca and what she is doing uh, right now. So let me find this here. Well, I am so happy to have Rebecca Lindemood here on the show today. Uh, Rebecca is well, – she's, well, she's a blogger. She's a mom. She's got 
I guess she wears so many hats, like many of us do. She wears a lot of hats. And Linda, you could probably, I mean, Rebecca, Linda, listen to me. Uh, Rebecca, you could probably introduce yourself uh, better than I can. So would you mind as we start to uh, just say a little bit about yourself? Not at all. I am a mom of five young boys. My kids range in age from four to 12, and they keep me hopping. And they are the reason that I do what I do in my blogging. I believe that families are strengthened through food um, in, in several ways. And it is my, my grand passion in life to get families back together over the dinner table and before that in the kitchen and cooking together and, and making the memories that they'll be able to tell their own kids about. So um, I have a background in food service. I worked as a sous chef, and I also worked in a chain restaurant as a prep chef, and I grew up cooking with my parents in the Christian camps that they ran and retreat centers. So um, I guess you could say I needed to have a big family because I don't know how to cook for two. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love that. And you know, everything you said, all this stuff that you do and that you believe in, I mean, this is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. And it's part of what the Catholic Foodie is all about. I'm so excited that you are here with me today. You know, our paths crossed. I have no idea how uh, you heard of me, but you sent me an email the other day, and uh, we got to talking, and I went and checked out your blog. You've actually got two blogs. Uh, One is foodiewithfamily.com. I I guess that's like the the main blog. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about Foodie with Family and what that's all about? Well, sure. Uh, Foodie with Family is an offshoot of a newspaper column that I write. I write for a mid-sized paper in Traverse City, Michigan, and that is close to where I grew up. And I'm a, I'm a Michigander in exile out in western New York. Um, it is basically a, a column that focuses on some of the adventures and foibles in raising five boys and also, um, like I said, I have a, a pretty serious food service background. So it combines um, two of my big loves, my, my family and the food. And there just were not enough newspaper editions for me to sit in everything I wanted to write. I guess I'm a bit of a talker. And uh, this way it gives me an outlet that doesn't involve keeping my poor parents on the phone all the time listening to what I cook. <laughs> that is... Uh, so I would say that is what Foodie, and family, uh, Foodie with Family is about. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I have to tell you that I'm jealous. I am absolutely jealous of your, uh, your food uh, industry background. I mean, I, I, I love to cook. I'm just a... You know, I'm just a poor little amateur cook uh, who just absolutely—I I, I love being in the kitchen. I can't help it. You know, but I, I, I am—I have experience in the hospitality industry, the food industry. I was a bartender for about five years, so <laughs> I'm on that side oh, of the— Oh, man, you're a saint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that side of the counter. But uh, anyway, you know, what, what are some of the things that you'd write about on Foodie with Family? Well, in Foodie with Family, it gives me an opportunity to archive some of the crazy things my kids do so I can use it against them later. 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, so I can remind them of it later. Uh, it, there's a fine line there. They, there is something special about being a people watcher and having a bunch of little people in your house. Um, when, when your ears are open to it, you hear some of the most precious stuff. Um, my kids currently are going through a a phase where they're really interested in turkey vultures. Oh my goodness. Now we, we also homeschool. So my kids have the opportunity to go into some of these, um, some of these intellectual obsessions a little bit more in depth than (laughs) maybe, you know, someone else might. And my mom recently watched the kids so that my husband and I could get away on a, a, just a a little getaway. And when I came back, my mom explained to me that she had taken the kids out for a a hike in the woods. And she looked and my my 10-year-old was laying down on the ground, curled up uh, with his feet and hands pointed up toward the sky. And she came up to him and she said, Aiden, what are you doing? And he said, Nana, if you wouldn't mind, could you take a few steps back the other way? I'm trying to hold really still to see if I can get those turkey vultures to come in. I'm trying to act dead. <laughs> that's great. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that makes it into my column. Oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, how, however that ends up, somehow or another, it, it leads to food. Everything oh, yeah. always leads to food, whether my son is pretending to be roadkill <laughs> to try to get the turkey vultures in, or whether they're standing next to me in the kitchen. It, it's all about the food. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you, you're up there in uh, in New York, right? Or right outside of New York? New York? Is that right? Uh, we're not near New York City. No, we're, we're south of both Rochester and Buffalo. But you're up north where it's cold and snowy and just... Uh, Ooh, I you know it's it's more than I can handle. I'm I'm down here in New Orleans, you know where the good times roll. We have Mardi Gras oh, approaching. Yeah, well, you know, lots of good, uh, lots of good bon southern. Les Levantons Roulet. You know, we got lots of good uh, good food, good uh, <laughs> good family, good spirits. You know, and uh, and and Mardi Gras is oh, is sure. on its way. But uh, that that is in in what you said that all roads really. <laughs> <laughs> seem to lead to food. I mean, I can totally relate to that. Uh, it, it's like um, food is life down here. And I, I think that is uh, that is wonderful. It is, it is a good thing. And it kind of shows us, I guess, the, the bounty of God, the providence of God, that God really does provide for us. He wants to fill us not only with food, but the food in a way is almost like a symbol or, quote-unquote, a sacrament or sacramental that uh, that that shows us or points us towards uh, how God wants to fill us in a, in a more um, uh, spiritual or real way. So uh, that's some of the things that we talk about here at the Catholic Foodie. And you had mentioned earlier how uh, what's near and dear to your heart is how food and can can like bring together family. And uh, would you mind telling me some of your ideas as far as how uh, food can can bring a family together. Absolutely, part of what we do around these around these parts in our family is we we sit down and menu plan together. I have one night per week that I designate as the night that the kids are going to compile the menu. It has to be something that they are able to help me with. 
Um, it has to be something where I can delegate jobs to them so that they all have ownership in this meal. So that when we sit down to eat as a family, we can point to each individual dish and point out what they have done so that they can share this with the family. It's, it's part of the fruits of their labor to feed the entire family. So they've gone through all phases of this meal, through the planning, through the shopping, through the preparation, through the cooking, and then they get to share it with everybody. And there's, there's a pride of ownership. There is pride in the work that they've put into it, in the thought that they have put into it, and into watching people's reactions to what they've made. And what that does is it not only gives them a sense of accomplishment, but it's, it's, uh, it's the instant gratification of the food as well. So it's, it's all kinds of satisfying, and it's all kinds of family building because we're working together. We're elbow to elbow at the kitchen counter putting this stuff together and sliding it into the oven together. And even more than that, in the summer, when we're growing our vegetables and we're, we're out there watching our chickens feed in the yard and then collecting the eggs, it's this whole sense of being overwhelmed by the good that God has provided for us mm-hmm. and being able to say that we have had a hand in nourishing ourselves with the gifts that we've been given. It's a really neat experience, and I would recommend that even if you didn't want to make that a part of your regular family activity, that you just give it a try a couple of times and see how thrilled the kids are to be able to be part of that instead of just being bystanders and consumers actually being producers of the nourishment for the family as well. I love that. That that is just so awesome. And uh, I know my kids... uh, I'm sorry? uh, My kids, just the other day, my kids went to the library and they checked out a bunch of cookbooks. You know, they're kind of kid-oriented or uh, kid-directed cookbooks. And uh, they came home and their their nightly reading time before bed, they had a bunch of bookmarks they went through and... (laughs) bookmark all the things that they would like to cook yeah. and uh, they love it i mean I, I guess part of that is just from you know my wife and i we love to cook we love good food and i guess that uh that pours over into their dna but um th- there's something about well, sure. <laughs> yeah, there's something about these kids uh families getting together not only to eat dinner together but also to take the time to actually work together in the kitchen. Uh, I, I, I can't I, – I, over and over and over again, I tell uh, people, whether they're uh, listeners here on the show or uh, readers of the, uh, the blog, uh, people I meet in the street, <laughs> I mean anybody who will listen, how important it is for families to eat together today. And it's just like there's just no – um, th- there's so many forces against that, you know, there's so much busyness, but it is well worth it. And in your own family, I am sure you see the benefits not only of eating together, but of cooking together. That is, that is, uh, something I guess that I need to start to stress even more. And that is why I am so excited about this new project that you have going on. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to like take yes. your thunder. What will you, Tell us about your new project. 
Yes, this is this is actually something that my kids came up with. So I have to give full credit where credit is due. My sons Liam, Aiden, Ty, Leif, and Rowan came up with this, and it is ICouldEatThat.com. It is um, a food photography website. It's it's a collaborative effort where our readers submit photographs, recipes, links to uh, posts that they have blogged about, and we post a, an image on our homepage that links back to their site or provides the recipe in the case of a non-blogger. So what, what it is, if you're familiar with taste spotting and food gawker, mm-hmm. I Could Eat That is like the taste spotting and food gawker for children. Oh, wow. It is a family-friendly site. I enforce a strict G rating on anything that I link to (laughs) so that if kids are on the site by themselves and click through to a link, I can promise the parents that it is not going to be inappropriate material. Very good. Um, I take a real firm stance on that because I know what I let my kids read. And if I wouldn't let my kids read it, I'm not going to let your kids link to it through my site. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, something that's, uh, it's something that I feel very strongly about. So basically what I would ask is anybody who's listening, if your kids are involved in the kitchen, if they have made even a bowl of cereal for you, take a picture of it. Send it to me at Rebecca at ICouldEatThat.com or Yum at ICouldEatThat.com, and I will post it with your kid's name, and they will be able to look online on a safe site and say, hey, I made that. Look at this. I'm online. Uh, that is, that's what my kids wanted to do. Every time they were getting involved in the kitchen, they wanted me to take a picture and put it up on Foodie with Family or submit it to taste spotting. So this is this is an outlet for my kids and an outlet for them to be in touch with other kids who are interested in producing food in the kitchen. That is awesome. I love it. Uh, my kids, by the way, I, the same kind of thing. They they love the Catholic foodie. I mean, this is obviously something that, that I, I'm dedicated to, something I do. They love it. They have their little T-shirts, you know, Catholic Foodie T-shirts they wear out in public, and they tell people about the Catholic Foodie. And they're always talking to me about, you know, cooking this, cooking that, or or whatever. And uh, tonight, matter of fact, I hope to work on a post for you. Uh, we are making pizzas tonight, and the kids are in the kitchen helping. I had to get the dough going because uh, of just timing. I mean, they were at, in a, they're in a play, and, and they were at practice, and... I don't want to eat at midnight necessarily, but um, so I got the dough going, right. and and they're going to join me in the kitchen as soon as as we are finished talking, and I want to record what they have to say, and I'm going to make that a post on the website on CatholicFoodie.com. I'm going to send you some pictures, and you can link to that audio file, and uh, perhaps that could be something that you would post on. Uh, on that on that new project there, I could eat that, which is a great, great title, by the way. 
<laughs> and that was from my kids as well. My my eldest son, when he was little, um, from the time he could talk, if there was something on the plate or on the table that he was interested in eating, he would point to it and say, "I could eat that." I could eat that. <laughs> and so that was that was a natural name for the website. Oh, and I that's would great. I would encourage everyone to not only send me pictures of the food their kids have made, but send me pictures of food your kids like. Oh yeah. Um, this is this is all kid oriented. If you have made something that your kids absolutely adore, please send me a photo and the recipe, and I would be happy to put that up as well. Now, speaking of that, I have to ask you. I have to ask you what what are some of the favorite dishes that your kids uh, love? Oh, okay. I can do this. Um, first and foremost, pizza. Oh, <laughs> they, good. They are good. They're, they're good boys. They like pizza, and they even like it when Mommy loads it with pancetta and caramelized oh. onions and pineapple. They mm-hmm. will they will go for anything if it's called pizza. Awesome. They love chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have a soft spot for shrimp, just mm-hmm. about any way you can cook it. Um, let's see, they, they all like chocolate baked custard Wow! and they all like homemade ice cream. Wow! And I have to say that one of my kids' absolute all time favorite dishes is one that I got from a Japanese cookbook and I never thought my kids would look at it, but it's, it's a, it's a good lesson to me not to judge before the kids have tried something. I made onigiri for them, which huh. is a rice ball that's stuffed with cooked fish and wrapped with nori. Wow. And I did not think that in a million years my kids would pick up something wrapped in seaweed and eat it. Hmm. But every one of them surprised me, and that is probably, after pizza, their favorite dish. <laughs> That's great. I love it. My, my kids love sushi. They beg to go eat sushi. <laughs> and, uh, but, boy, they like I me. Mean, my, my son, Christopher, who's the oldest, he's 10, Loves octopus, but he, I mean, he'll eat any kind of sushi. We, <laughs> we, that's a, it's my wife's favorite. So we, we do that uh, quite a bit, you know, for her birthday or our anniversary or uh, just mm-hmm. random times throughout the year. If we want to celebrate something, we'll either do one of two things. We'll go have my favorite, which is pizza. And I love these mom and pop hole in the wall places uh, to go, real, you know, family owned little bitty places to, for pizza, or we go have sushi. So um, I love that. It is so Wonderful. good. So good. And uh, I know people are always saying, hey, your kids, they have uh, kind of a, a, a repertoire, right? They've got a, um, an advanced palate. <laughs> <laughs> My son loves raw oysters. I mean, he, he just anchovies. They eat all kind of crazy things. Is there anything uh, – you already mentioned the, uh, the, the, that particular dish with the wrapped in nori. Uh, which is, it's pretty exotic, you know, Mm -hmm. that's pretty exotic for kids. Is there anything else that you can tell us about that uh, is something you wouldn't kind of expect for a child or? or... Well, I don't know if you would expect it or not. I'll I'll tell you, it falls in the category of I didn't expect them to want it. Um, This last year, my kids approached me after reading some wilderness survival books Mm -hmm. And they decided that they would like for me to make them roasted crickets. No. <laughs> they did. Yep. They, oh, my In goodness. fact, they presented me with a jar full of crickets that oh they had fresh goodness. caught out in our lawn. And um, 
I don't know what this says about me as a mother, but I <laughs> promptly looked up looked up how to roast crickets, and I I roasted a pan full of crickets, oh my and then I dipped them in chocolate. Oh my and goodness! Again, I'm, I'm not quite sure how this reflects on me as a mother, but then I videotaped them eating it and posted it to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. I am not an insect person at all. And matter of fact, I don't know if you know Father Roderick of, Neither am uh, I. of SQPN, but Father Roderick had, had uh, a couple of episodes, I guess a, a month or so ago, where he talked about people eating bugs. And I couldn't even finish the episode. I, it was just so disgusting. And to hear you say that, that is... I have to laugh. That is just so amazing that they <laughs> they wanted roasted crickets. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, you know, I couldn't really believe it either, and they sort of hornswoggled me into doing it. It was it was against my better judgment, but I did it, and I I exacted my pound of flesh by videotaping it and publicizing <sighs> it. They. It is viewable through foodiewithfamily.com. Should anybody care to see my children eating chocolate-covered crickets, it's there. And uh, did they like them? They loved them. Oh, wow. I, I was beside myself. They they actually said, um, believe it or not, that it tasted like chocolate-covered peanut butter. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I'm just, like, so surprised. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's great. I, I remain surprised. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well that is that is fantastic. You know, um you mentioned you videoed that. Uh is is video something that you incorporate into the blog? It is something that I will be incorporating increasingly. It has not played a, a real large role in the blog thus far. Um I've been feeling my way in making the transition from just being a newspaper columnist to being a columnist and a blogger. And it it is something that I intend to be featuring a little more frequently because foodiewithfamily.com has has a sort of how-to feel to the website. I I try to impart a lot of the tricks and tips that I have used over the years uh, that come from both my professional training and just countless hours in the kitchen. So I, I do try to show people how to do things that maybe they didn't know how to do before, and video is clearly a, a real good way to do that. So we'll be having more of that on the website as time goes on. Uh, that That's very good. I look forward to that. I know that uh, I, I'm looking in the same direction. I want to incorporate more and more uh, video into uh, into the, the work of the Catholic Foodie. I think... Uh, uh, lots of people love. I mean, you know, video is a good thing. So to to, to bring that in and, and make that a part of what I do, uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that. So I will keep my eye out to see how you are incorporating that as well. Uh, now, one Excellent. one one request. I have a request here. I, I didn't realize before you and I spoke that you had such an extensive background in in the food industry. Uh, and I've got just a little bitty tiny bit of experience behind the bar. Uh, but I love to cook. How, is there anything that you would recommend to me as a way for this 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 ball headed guy who loves to cook? Is there anything that I can do? What do you recommend that I could do to improve my skills in the kitchen? Well, 
the first one is the first one it's it's gonna sound oversimplified, but what it really boils down to is just spending hours in the kitchen and being willing to try new things. You have to be willing to fail in the kitchen in order to improve. And that it's it might sound counterintuitive, but I think that that is probably the biggest rule is, is take the risks, uh, keep notes, see what worked for you and what didn't. And if you want a really good reference, I would I would refer you to Michael Ruhlman's book Ratios. Oh yeah, that helps the the home cook maybe understand a little bit of how the mind of a professional cook works. I have seen that book. I haven't read it, but so I, I would have, say those are the two it. big things. That's all. I mean, I love it because you know, I, I failure is one of those things that we don't like a whole lot you know we don't like to make mistakes but i have learned in in cooking uh that you have to be willing to take those risks and to mess up and, i mean the kitchen's a messy place anyway and Absolutely. Uh, I, I i was uh, joking around the other day <laughs> i was uh, i had yeah I'm, I'm a teacher by trade so i i had all christmas break off and i was joking around one of those days on facebook or twitter or something and saying just a thought that came to me that cleaning, because I had a wonderful night cooking, wonderful night cooking, and then I had to clean. And I, I kind of you know mm-hmm. tweeted that uh, cleaning is like the hangover of cooking. You know, it's just you, <laughs> yes, you, you, it you hate to you hate to experience it, but you've got to clean if you cook. But cooking is a very messy process to begin with, and uh, to 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 take that risk to say you know I mean like myself. I love to cook. I, I spend a lot of time cooking, but um, you know, you don't want to fail. You don't want to feel bad or look bad. But I love, I love your advice because if we don't embrace the possibility of failure, then we really limit our success. I guess. Absolutely, and it, it, that's that's where faith comes in in the kitchen. <laughs> you have to, you have to understand that. While you may you may fail, there is always hope, and there is redemption if you keep on keeping on. That's right. That's right. I love that. That's that's perfect. Um, and one I just noticed right now we have Barb in the uh, the chat room. Uh, Barb, uh, how you doing? It's good to see you. Uh, but Barb makes a comment here. She says um, she checked out your website. And she said you are a good photographer. Uh, do you photograph all of your? All the the dishes that are on there is that is that you doing that? Yeah, that that is my photography. Wow. Well, I'm gonna have to call you at a separate time and get some tips because <laughs> I am a terrible food photographer. Goodness gracious! Um, I, I, it's just just yesterday, someone recommended to me that I use a white poster board. It's cheap, and use that as a background to your food photography. Never thought of it. It's something so simple. Uh, so I did that. Yeah, actually, last night I cooked, and I used the uh, the whiteboard as a as a background, and I was amazed at how the 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 pictures came out. So, I mean, you think I could do that? Can I call you up one day and and, and pick your brain as to how to improve my uh, food photography? Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. And I want to I want to thank Barb for flattering me. <laughs> I appreciate it. I I work harder at my photography than I do at my food. Oh, <laughs> I'll wow. tell you, it doesn't come naturally. Wow. Well, good. Well, Rebecca, it has been so good having you on the show. I th- just thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. 
And uh, once again, we've got uh, foodiewithfamily.com and then icouldeatthat.com. Absolutely. That's me. All right. Well, we got to, you know, everybody listening needs to go check that out. Those are two fantastic uh, blogs. But more than that, this is an outreach. This is, this is a force to be reckoned with, and it's a force to join uh, in trying to promote uh, family life and how food can impact and improve our family lives. So uh, once again, uh, foodiewithfamily.com and icouldeatthat.com. I am so excited that you came on the show. And Rebecca, we are going to be rooting for you. And uh, I know for myself, I'm going to be checking out your site on a regular basis and also uh, making a few contributions. I'll, I'll submit some things and send them your way. And hopefully, hopefully they're worthy enough to... Uh, to be on your site. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff, and I appreciate it. I'd encourage everyone who's listening to submit any of their photographs and recipes, and I look forward to hearing the stories of, of how cooking together in the kitchen has brought families together. I, I like to hear the memories that were made. Awesome. Well, thank you again, and, uh, and God bless you, Rebecca. And God bless you, too. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right. Well, it was so good to have Rebecca on the show. I was, I mean, it, it was, um, I guess, providential, you know, providential that uh, we were able to connect. And then uh, she was willing to come on the show. I just excited. I, I do encourage you, please go check out her sites. Uh, the photography is out of this world. I love it. I, I, I do need to pick her brain and try to get some uh, tips on, on taking better pictures of food. I am not good at that at all. But uh, looking at her website is just such a treat. It, it's, uh, it is a beautiful uh, site. It's very attractive. And I mean, I can totally understand people loving to, to look at pictures of good food, you know, good pictures of good food. So please go over and check out her two sites, foodiewithfamily.com and icouldeatthat.com. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? It's time for the weekly blog post recap. That's right. It is time for the weekly blog post recap. And I just talked about two blogs, and we had uh, Rebecca t tell us about her blogs. But I do want to mention a couple of the posts that I came across this week that I found particularly interesting and or inspiring. Uh, the first one that I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to pull it up right here so I can look at it as, uh, as we talk about it. Uh, the first one is from Foodista, F-O-O-D-I-S-T-A, foodista.com. They have a blog there. They also have lots and lots of recipes. Great photography on that site as well. Uh, but this one, this blog post is entitled Tips for Cooking Every Day, and it was published on January 7th. So Tips for Cooking Every Day, and it, it's really neat. This is a kind of a cool article. The way, the way it starts out, it says, Preparing food at home instead of dining out saves money, calories, nutrition, uh, though it takes time, effort, and motivation. Finding innovative ways to put food on the table has been a challenge for home cooks for ages. Yesterday, we asked on Twitter, do you cook almost every meal you eat? What advice or tips do you have for people looking to eat out less? We received a number of helpful responses, which we have shared below. So this is nothing more, really, than a, 
uh, compilation of responses they got on Twitter from this question, and it's really kind of cool. They got uh, they kind of divided up into different segments. You've got you know plan ahead. People are suggesting plan ahead, and you've got five or six different Twitterers here who kind of give their own personal uh, take and 140 characters or less uh, on planning ahead. Uh, make a menu. That's another one. Make a menu. And by the way, I thought that uh, as Rebecca was telling us about her family, how her kids join in and they make uh, along with her. They work on the family menu, the weekly menu, which is it's a great idea. We uh, we really don't do that uh, here, but uh, it's something that I think it would be great to bring the kids into. We're going to have to try that out. I got to talk to my boss about that and see if we can uh, make it happen. Uh, stock up. That's another big one, man. I, I tell you, I hate going to the pantry uh, or to the fridge. Uh, I'm in the middle of cooking something, and uh, for whatever reason, I did not look to make sure I had everything, and I go to get what I need, and it's not there. It's awful. Terrible experience, and, and you're kind of stuck. You know, you got to try to figure out what can I use instead of that particular ingredient. Anyway, so a couple of people chime in on Stocking up, uh, cooking in bulk. This is something that we do mainly: soups and gumbos, things like that. Uh, we'll we'll cook in bulk. Uh, also, if I'm gonna uh, roast a chicken, I might as well roast two. Uh, so we'll do things like that. But uh, I know a lot of people are really big into cooking in bulk. I think that's fantastic. We we really need an extra freezer uh, to do that because we're we're limited on space right now in our own freezer. Uh, and then don't be afraid to use prepared foods. This is what someone said. Don't be afraid to use prepared foods, uh, which is interesting. I uh, don't know why they put that in there because we're talking about cooking at home. But, uh, oh, this is a great one. Keep it clean. That was the topic. And this is no big whoop. Okay, that's the Twitter handle. No big whoop says always clean up ASAP, not walking into a mess or a sink full of dishes makes it less onerous. And uh, Char is here in the background somewhere. Uh, I don't know if she even heard me read that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly in trouble when I'm in the kitchen. Because, you know, for me, it's like clean up. Clean up is the hangover of cooking. Well, that, that's the way it is. Uh, clean up, I save it till the very end, usually when I'm too exhausted to do a good job. And uh, Char would much prefer me to clean along the way. Clean as you go, she says. So this is a good one. Keep it clean. Clean as you go. Clean up right away. Uh, just cook. And this is another one. You know, don't worry about recipes, someone says. Just trust your instincts and learn to use items already in the fridge or pantry. This is something I, I learned from Marcel Bienvenu. Uh, that interview I had with her during the summer. You know, Marcel, this famous author, cookbook author, and and, and chef. I mean, she's been a food writer since forever. I think the 1960s is when she started. I mean, it's, she is a professional. And what does she tell me? She says, first of all, many chefs can't even write a recipe, right? They're, they're, into, they're, they're, they're artists. They're in the kitchen. They're cooking. They're creating. They're not sitting there with a notepad and they're writing down what they're doing. They're just doing it. And it comes out good, and they kind of say, okay, well, I did this, I did this. How much did I add? Well, probably about this much, but I don't really know because, you know, I just use my fingers to measure, et cetera, et cetera. So her whole point is don't think of the recipe as a, uh, I don't know, like a, a Bible in a sense, right, that you've got to, like, stick to it. You can't stray from it. And she's saying, no, think of it more as you know, in, in uh, what was that movie, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right, this, the code, 
right? It's more like guidelines. <laughs> the code is more like guidelines. So a recipe is more like guidelines. You know what's going into it, and then you kind of tweak it along the way and just do it the way you want to do it. That's the bottom line, what, what uh, Marcel said. She said, uh, cook it the way you like it, right? Do what you like, because if you cook something and you like it, then you have succeeded. You've done what you aim to do. So uh, to just cook. Don't worry about focusing so much on a recipe that you, uh, well, first of all, that it's not fun and that you end up kind of stressing out about it. And uh, final words from this article, this, this blog post, uh, final words of wisdom. It says, definitely cook more at home to save money, but results are worth it. You learn so much, and it is an empowering experience. And I agree with that. I absolutely. That was Wasabi Prime. That was at Wasabi Prime from Twitter. So excellent advice, really good uh, blog post. You can check it out in full over at foodista.com. Look up uh, under the blog, look up Tips for Cooking Every Day, published on January 7th. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, we are coming to a close here on episode 56, and uh, just a few notes before we go. First of all, the SQPN giving campaign still going on over there at sqpn.com. Uh, please go and consider making a donation. Uh, SQPN does fantastic, excellent work in the new media field, uh, producing lots and lots of excellent Catholic content, and it needs funds in order to continue doing so for another year. So please consider going over and contributing any amount, uh, $2,000, I mean, you know, 5000 why not just $20,000? Just go over and make a contribution. 20000 is a nice round number. And, uh, boy, we would really appreciate that. You know, SQPN would appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, $2, $10, $5, $20,000, whatever it is, just make a, a contribution, a donation. Uh, it helps us out. And, obviously, if you're listening to uh, the, the, the SQPN podcast, any of the great SQPN podcasts, uh, Catholic Foodie, uh, Breakfast with Father Roderick, St. Cast, Catholic Under the Hood, Catholic in a Small Town, in between Sundays, among women, uh, Catholic Moments podcast. Oh my goodness, it's just so many of them. Catholic Weekend, so many excellent podcasts. If you uh, benefit from those podcasts, please consider making at least a small donation to the Giving Campaign. Uh, you can go over to sqpn.com/slash/donate uh, to make a contribution. It could be a one-time contribution, or you can pledge a monthly contribution. I believe it's done via credit card, I think PayPal. Um, anyway, very easy, simple to do, and uh, SQPN needs your help, so uh, please go over and, and do that. Also, uh, you may want to check out the SQPN Gear store at sqpngear.com. Uh, another way of supporting uh, some of your favorite podcasters. Uh, we've got lots of uh, merch, merchandise swag over there uh, for SQPN itself, for uh, Breakfast with Father Roderick, all the great SQPN podcasts, including the Catholic Foodie. Catholic Foodie's got T-shirts and uh, tote bags and coffee mugs, my favorite, right? Coffee mugs, all kind of good stuff over there. So please go check that out, sqpngear.com. 
Uh, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. What is going on in your kitchen? What are some of the thoughts, ideas that you would like to share with a Catholic foodie? Some dish in particular uh, that, that you really like and you want to share and want other people to know about? Let me know. Give me a call. Uh, 985, the voice feedback is the best kind of feedback. We love getting voice feedback because we get to hear your voice. So give me a call over at 985-635-4974. If you've never called in, no one answers that phone. It is a, uh, it's like a message. It's like a, a voice message uh, thing. You just leave a message there like you would on any, anybody's uh, uh, message answering machine or whatever. And uh, it records it in a format that I can actually play on the on the on the show. So, uh, 985-635-4974. If you've never called before, now is the time. Right now is the time. We want to hear from you. Uh, also, if you if you don't want to give a call, you you would rather communicate via email. You can do that as well. Catholicfoodie at gmail dot com. And I believe I believe that that is about it. So. Uh, I hope that you have a great week, wonderful week. We're in the Mardi Gras season. I'm going to have more about that, uh, to share about that with you next week. And uh, hopefully I will have my beautiful wife, Charles, with, uh, uh, with me on that show. And until then, until next time, bon appetit. I'm Julia Child. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Catholic New Media.